0: You're listening to a sermon from New City Fellowship in Manassas, Virginia. New City Fellowship is a diverse community that proclaims the gospel and makes disciples for the glory of God and the renewal of our city. For more information, visit newcityfellowship.net. It takes a lot of guts to come up here, uh, and especially if you're a child. So thank you, Eliana. So we see Jesus uh, walking throughout all the, uh, the region where he lived. And we, uh, we're told that he walked and, and went through all the cities and all the villages. And he did a couple of things. He taught um, in their synagogues and he proclaimed the gospel of the kingdom of God and healed every disease and every affliction. So he was teaching... He was proclaiming the gospel, and he was healing every affliction and disease. So we're going to take this in three in three different steps. The first one is we're going to notice that Jesus Jesus preached the gospel to everyone, and he also helped everyone. Jesus not only traveled to big cities; he also traveled to the small towns or the villages. Uh, and humanly speaking, we tend to make a point. ...about going to cities. In fact, if you have noticed in the last 10 years... ...there has been a movement of Christianity that suggests... ...which I think correctly... ...that we should put an emphasis on big cities... ...because they are influential. That's where the culture is shaped. And and we tend to think of cities as, as important places. But what we see here is that Jesus was not only focused on big cities... ...he was focused on small towns too and villages. And the reason why is because for Jesus... People are important. So everywhere there, everywhere where there's people, he will be there. And he will make a point to go everywhere, to the big city and also to the small village. And then we notice that he did a couple of things. He preached the gospel. He taught scripture. He taught the Bible to people. But he not only did that, he didn't stop in just preaching the word of God, the good news of salvation, the message of Christianity, which is that we are sinners and that we deserve punishment for our sin. But instead of uh, allowing that to happen, God sent his son because he loved us and he died in our place. He paid for our sins so that we can now go back to him freely by grace and spend eternity with him and that is the message of the good news this is what jesus was proclaiming this is what jesus was talking about but he didn't stop at just proclaiming or in a way satisfying the spiritual needs of people he also healed every disease and affliction and affliction the the translation for that word is pain And it was not only physical pain or uh, pain that is caused because of an illness. It was also all kinds of other pains that people go through in life. So I want to emphasize the fact that this text makes sure that Jesus is seen as someone who's not only satisfying the spiritual needs of people, meaning salvation and repentance and forgiveness of sins, which is probably the most important one, but he also put an emphasis on the actual needs of people, the physical needs of people, which is healing them, feeding them, and also uh, uh, meeting their pain or helping them in their pain. And that is something that we are called to do as well. We are not only called to preach the gospel, which is something we are absolutely called to do and we should do as a primary thing, but we don't stop there. We know as Christians that as a consequence of us understanding the gospel, we move in love to help other people with their tangible needs. So Jesus preached the word of God. He preached the gospel, but he also healed people. And in the gospels, we see that he fed people. He delivered people. And kids, guess what? Did you know that one of the favorite things to do for jesus was hug kids jesus loved little kids and we don't hear this often but guess what if you read the gospels jesus healed kids in fact one time one girl one little girl died and his mom was so sad that he she went looking for jesus and she said jesus my daughter died and guess what jesus did Anybody wants to guess, any of the kids, what did Jesus do when he found that this little girl died? Anybody? Jesus cried? I'm pretty sure he cried, even though the text doesn't say that. He says it for an adult, and his name was Lazarus. But I'm pretty sure he cried. But what else did he do? Anyone else? Any other kids that are paying attention? (laughs) He healed. He went to the house, and he put his hands on the girl and she came back to life. Jesus didn't only help adults. Jesus helped kids. Jesus preached the gospel to adults and to kids as well. Remember when there was 5,000 people and Jesus fed 5,000 people? The person who gave Jesus the food was a child. And God used what a child has To feed a bunch of people because Jesus loved kids. He preached the gospel to kids. He taught the Bible to kids. But he also healed and fed kids. And he loved them so much. Some of his disciples were trying to stop him from from the kids bothering him, quote-unquote. And Jesus said, no, 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 no. Let the kids come to me. I love being with the kids. So Jesus wants kids to go to heaven as well as adults. And Jesus wants kids to be okay as well as adults. And Jesus commands us as his people to be the salt and the light of the world to others. Listen to how Jesus commands us all to behave. And Joel is going to read uh, this text for us You're the salt of the earth. So Jesus calls all of us to be the salt of this earth and the light of this world. And he actually tells us, whatever you do, make sure you shine your light before others. We have to be intentional about doing this in public in a sense. Not to show off, but to show people that our faith, whatever we say we believe, we show in public. We can't just go and tell people, I'm a Christian. I love Jesus. People need to see that you love Jesus. And the best way that people see that you love Jesus is by doing what Jesus did. Not only stopping by preaching a message, which is important, but also following up with acts of kindness. Feeding and caring for people. So that's what it means for us to be the light of the world, the salt of the earth. So... We must obey Jesus and be the salt of the world and bring the good news of the gospel and the help of Jesus to other people. The second thing we see here is that Jesus didn't do this out of only obedience. Jesus didn't do this as a chore. How many of you have been Christians long enough to feel that you have to preach the gospel to other people? And you have to help others just because you are a Christian. And sometimes that can turn into, well, I just have to do it. And in a sense, that is true. But in the deeper sense, we do it out of love. The Bible says that Jesus saw the crowds and he had compassion for them because they were harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. So what we learn here is that we have to take the gospel and help to people not out of obedience only or not as a chore only, but also out of compassion. What does compassion mean? Well, according to a Dominican theologian uh, named Alfonso Lockwood, uh, he says he defines compassion in biblical terms this way. He says, Compassion is a profound feeling of sympathy or sorrow for the misfortunes of others, born out of a love that feels pain for the other person. So we must preach the gospel and help people out of a deep sense of sympathy that comes out of love. Preaching the gospel, meeting the needs of the people, is not something we do out of only obedience. It's something we do out of love. We understand that God loved us, so we love other people. We understand that God provides for us, so we help provide for other people. We understand that God forgives us, so we forgive other people. We pass it on. That's how the gospel moves. A key word here is sympathizing. When you have compassion, it's because you sympathize with the person. Kids, sympathizing means just putting yourself in other people's shoes. That's basically what it means. And that's what we're supposed to be doing. We're supposed to remember, how does it feel to live without Jesus? How does it feel? How was our life uh, before we met Jesus? And remember that there's people who live in that way. I believe that maybe here, a lot of you have never had a life without Jesus. Maybe. Some of you, for a fact, I know that you were born in Christian families. Not all of you, but many of you. And maybe you don't remember or you don't have a framework to understand what it feels like to be without Jesus. But all of us have experienced and seen the effects of sin. So just think of people living with unrestrained sin. Just remember or look at people and see their lives being fractured and ruined by addictions and violence and all kinds of different issues. And remember, we must put ourselves in our shoes. We should have compassion for these people. We should feel a profound sympathy or sorrow for the misfortunes of others And born out of love, we should act. And this is what Jesus did. He had compassion on the people because they were helpless and harassed. So I want to remind us all, there are people out there right now that are being harassed, that are victims of all kinds of issues and sins of other people. And there are people who need forgiveness. There are people out there who are helpless, like sheep without a shepherd, And they need our help. They need to hear the gospel of Jesus Christ. They need to hear that there is salvation for them. There is forgiveness of sin. They need to hear that there is a God who loves them despite their sin. There is a God who loves them and accepts accepts them and welcomes them as sons and daughters. People need to hear this message. And people need to see us. Also, acting out of this message and helping them and loving them. As Christians, we are not supposed to stay out of the people of this world. This is what a lot of Christians have not understood. They believe that our job as Christians is to separate ourselves from the people of this world. But that's not what the Bible says. The Bible says we should stay away from the world as as an influence in our life. But we should step into the world as us influencing the world. So, if you meet someone who's sinful, you should move towards them. We don't judge people or stay away from people just because they're sinners. In fact, that's the reason why we should move towards people. That's the reason why we should go towards people. If you see someone who is living in sin, the reaction of a Christian is the same reaction of Jesus. Go towards them. To the point that Jesus' fame was, this guy is always with sinners. And not, all, not, not regular sinners or good kind of sinners. He was with the worst of the sinners. In fact, he called some of those to be his disciples. That's the attitude of a Christian. Because the Christian feels compassion. Because the Christian understands it must be horrible to be in those, in those shoes. It must be really sad every day to live like that person. And our reaction should not be, I'm going to stay away from that because I'm just holy and I can't do this because my God wants me to be clean. No, your God wants you to move towards them and help them. Not for you to be only holy. Holy. He wants you to be an an artifact for their salvation, a tool for their salvation. Because we are moved by compassion. And kids, let me tell you something. There are kids in your school, there are kids in your neighborhoods, there are kids at the playground who need Jesus. If you are a Christian child, you too are supposed to talk to other kids about Jesus. This is not just for the adults. If you, code and know about Jesus, you need to tell other kids about Jesus. Right? He's like, what? <laughs> All these kids here need to talk to Jesus, to uh, talk about Jesus with other kids. There are kids who are being bullied. There's kids without parents. There's kids without food. There's kids who don't have winter coats. And the, the winter is coming. And we are supposed to help those kids. But not just because we have to obey. Because we must love them. We must feel compassion to them. And I have a story that I, wanna, I, wanna, I want my sister, uh, my sister, <laughs> my daughter Luciana, to tell you about one of our neighbors and how she was able to tell her about Jesus. So, Lucy, come. let listen to, listen to Lucy. One day I was playing with my sister and my neighbor, Sophie. We were playing in her backyard. Then I asked Sophie if she went to church. I felt sad because she told me that her mom said that church is stupid. After she said that, I wished I hadn't asked the question. Then the next day, Sophie came to our yard to hang out. Suddenly my sister came with a Bible. Sophie said that her mom was going to be mad. After a few days, we played again. While we were swinging on a swing, Sophie told me that her brothers hated her. So I told Sophie that that Jesus loved her. So just because you're a kid doesn't mean that you can't tell others about Jesus. Tell your friends about Jesus because they need it. Amen. And the, the story ends by Jesus talking about the harvest. And what does this have to do with the harvest? Well, Jesus says that after he did all these things, he said to his disciples, the harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Therefore, pray earnestly to the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into the harvest. Do you guys know what a harvest is, kids? Close your eyes and imagine a field full of whatever you want. Corn, apple trees, pumpkins... Huge field. That is a harvest. And guess what you need to do? You need to also harvest it. That means picking up or gathering those fruits. So what Jesus is saying is that out there in the world, there's so many people like corn or pumpkins or apples or whatever you want. And we need to go and help them. But guess what Jesus is saying? We can see the fields, unending fields of people ready to be picked, picked or uh, gathered, but nobody's going, meaning nobody's helping them and nobody is preaching the gospel to them. Or maybe not nobody, but very few. So Jesus says, we need to pray to the Lord of the harvest to send out more laborers. So just like Jesus is saying, Go pick up or look at the harvest and harvest. We need to to tell all of us, we need to go out and preach the gospel and help people more. So, he tells us what to do. What is it that Jesus tells us to do? Pray for more people to go. So, number one, before we pray for more people to go, we need to understand that we are to go. We are the workers of Jesus. You are farmers, and the people out there are the crops. Some people look like pumpkins. Some people might not look like pumpkins. I look like, I don't know, a watermelon, I want to say. Just because I love watermelon. A piece of corn, yeah, because I'm Mexican, right? Thank you. Um, So whatever you think people look like, we should go towards them. And help them. That's the image that Jesus is giving us. Number one, we need to go and help people and preach the gospel to them. But number two, we need to pray so that God will send more people. We live in Manassas, Virginia. And this city is growing every year with all kinds of people. There is no longer one kind of people only in Manassas. There's many people. There's people that look like you, and there's people who don't look like you. The harvest in Manassas is huge. Not only in Manassas, but in Gainesville and in everywhere around here. And guess what? The words of Jesus still ring true today. The harvest is plenty, but the laborers are few. So we must go and we must pray for our city to hear the gospel of Jesus Christ and to help them To hear that Jesus came to earth to die for our sins even though we were separated from him and deserved eternal separation. Jesus came to live the life that we were supposed to live and Jesus came to die the death that was required of us to forgive our sins and to give us eternal life, not based on what we do or how we behave, but based on how Jesus behaved and what Jesus did for us. That is grace. Now, through Christ and what he did on the cross, we have forgiveness of sin and a perfect eternal life. And God wants this for everyone. He doesn't want anyone to perish. Kids... God wants to take the other kids of this city and this world to heaven as well. So let's pray together and ask God to send more laborers to his harvest. Dear God, I pray today that you will help us all go and preach the good news of the gospel and help people around the city and be a blessing to them. Help us be moved by compassion. Help us be moved by love. And Lord, I pray that you will send more people to the harvest. Send more of your workers, more laborers, so that we can harvest all of this uh, people for your kingdom. In the name of Jesus Christ, I pray. Amen.